cover of Eminem's Rap God by metalcore band Animal and Me. I don't think anybody really appreciated as much as I did. I saw Jake's face and he was like, what is this? I was, I was not prepared for that. that. I was, I was it was because it was coming was. through your speakers at like a faster rate or something. It, it sounded awful coming like, oh, did through it? yours for us. It sounded fine on stream. Oh, well then that I, means... I mean, as fine as it can be. That means that it, I did not do the thing I wanted to do, but that's okay as long as it was fine on stream. It was almost a great Nightcore version. Yeah. <laughs> people stick through that for the stream? I'm, I'm curious. Well, that's what I... And you know what? Sometimes I try a thing, and I get the vibe. It ain't working. <laughs> by the Please way, come back, everyone. We're starting now. By the way, that, that song is six and a half minutes long, and I, I bailed it, too. So, just so... Saying, that did not seem like the five minutes long that we were promised, so... I mean, you, that, Pantera is never wrong. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> you had your Pantera last week. I know. <laughs> I was going to suggest some uh, My Bloody Valentine this time, but Good Lord. maybe next next week. Okay, welcome to the show. <laughs> show. Such as it is, my name is Danny Akatsuki. I uh, work at Trimark for now. <laughs> I think it's got a Teams message on the side from Sean going, hey, call me later. <laughs> message received, boss. I saw it in your eyes. No more, uh, no, no more Eminem covers on the show. Uh, welcome to Friday. It is your Friday before a holiday weekend for most people. If you're in the U.S., at least. Uh, I'd like to think that we have some out-of-country people watching us, but just in case you don't, uh, just in case we don't, welcome and enjoy your weekend. Uh, we are here on the Trimark Happy Hour, TrimarkSecurity.com for all of your AD, Azure AD, and VMware assessment needs. We do some consulting stuff, too, so uh, just not for nothing we're pretty smart here and we do this every week we do this right here on twitch and we got a lot of guests today we have well sean's joining us again welcome sean our uh, fearless leader um jake i'm gonna let you introduce your guests okay uh well i was gonna introduce our prior guests first here we still have brandon on the stream we can't get rid of him Ugh. thank you i was so i was so encouraged because he wasn't here yet and i was like man this video pops um, up. It can't be not dev and not high at the same time. All right. Mm, that's, you, fair. that's true. Let's take your poison. That's fair. Then we also have Kathy, aka Investigator Chick, who's here because it is her birthday. Happy birthday, so, Investigator happy birthday. Chick. Yay. Thank you. Happy 23rd. And then, with us, we also have Sam, who, uh, how, how much up your little intro you gave me, buddy? <laughs> senior infrastructure at a at a not-for-profit tech healthcare company uh doing ad exchange group policy and whole microsoft uh ecosystem um and yeah uh we'll see deep into azure ad and m365 because everyone knows active directory is slowly dying out so <laughs> I, yeah. I really liked i think it was jim sakura that said intra on-prem <laughs> Uh, love it. I like it. Uh, and then uh, we've got Spencer. Spencer, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, I pronounce it Alessi. Uh, yeah. 
All right. Then that's the right pronunciation. That's the right pronunciation. That's right. <laughs> How would you like us to pronounce it? You could say it however you want. I, I've had people say Alisi uh, in every variation of that. So my grandmother say, uh, used to say, you can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me too early in the morning. And I'm with yeah. that. Perfect. Mine is just don't call me. Just just don't call me. I don't phone. No. Uh, Spencer is a penetration tester with uh, Secure IT 360, which is a penetration testing firm that focuses on the legal uh, legal side of things. So, uh, yeah, bringing those guys on today to talk a little bit about locksmith development. Um, what is we'll locksmith, Jake? A bit. Locksmith is a tiny tool that helps you identify and remediate problems with your Active Directory certificate services installation. And how much okay. does this cost? zero dollars thanks for asking that's my favorite price jake it's my favorite price too i have that exact amount in my pocket that Ooh. works out well it's free there must be some sort of catch what's the catch catch is that we would really like you to help contribute if you like it and find it useful <laughs> um but yeah i think today we're gonna actually start out with some news i think danny's got some things he wants to talk about but then we'll delve into uh delve into locksmith adcs and working on an open source project led by an idiot. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is so stupid. <laughs> and normally we don't do a whole lot of news up front, uh, but we might start doing that, mostly because I just, we were going to publish our newest Trimark newsletter coming out next week. And it's already at the printers. <laughs> uh, and we put in like, we call it SME talk, right? Like what we all talk about in chat and things like that. We used to call it water cooler chat until we realized like none of us go to a water cooler anymore. Uh, so just stuff we talk about in teams and things like that. And, you know, we got some pretty smart people. So I'll go through the teams and I'll look at things and see what's interesting. And something just goes really rubbing me the wrong way, you jerks. Uh, Google decided to push a .zip domain available for everybody. Um, and I'm very angry about it. Uh, there's a good headline on malwarebytes.com. Zip domains, the domain nobody asked for. <laughs> a bad idea nobody asked for. Um, Google registry actually announced eight new top-level domains. <laughs> .dad, .phd, .prof, .esquire, .foo, .move, .nexus. Uh, I'm going to assume that's, I don't know, maybe for Lexus, Nexus, that really overpriced research. I, tool. I got identity.nexus. So. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. Thanks to, thanks to the hat tip from Jake. Oh, good job. And I got, uh, I got Bates.dad because it's my kid. Yeah. So there. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> as Malwarebytes Labs goes on to say, but it was dot zip and dot move that had security eyeballs looking skywards because of their obvious similarity to the extremely popular and long-lived .zip and .move extensions. Uh, anybody see the problem with this? Ballpark. No problem, Danny. What's that? No problem. I see no problem. What are you talking about? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Did, so I, th one of the uh, Medium articles that I saw that was talking about this was like, can you distinguish between these two URLs? Which one is malware? Which one is not? I think we all saw this went around and like, unless you were old school and knew that the at sign has meaning in a URL, it was essentially indistinguishable. As soon as you saw that at sign, it's like, okay, that obviously that, that one is. And there are but, ways to obfuscate that too. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, it is ridiculous. I, I had a mini debate with uh, one of my Enterprise Security Weekly co-hosts yesterday on the on the the podcast, and uh, he thought it was amusing, and I thought it was annoying, and we agreed to disagree. <laughs> it could be both. Against the backdrop, yeah, Google inexplicably decided to introduce something that will generate no useful revenue. But we'll give cyber crooks an entirely new form of file and domain name misdirection. It can't I mean, be true because no. J- John Hammond spent like you know his paycheck buying domains. I, Twitter, <laughs> so. I mean, no shade, but doesn't Google usually do things that don't generate revenue? I mean, well, why I don't understand. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm I'm skimming this article. I've read so many. Like I'm trying to figure out why why they did it. I don't think there's a why. Haven't some, they, they registered it and made it could? Yeah, because they could, right. But I wasn't mean, it initially configured like 12 years ago too or something like that? And yeah, then like they've just yeah. been waiting on it to they said, okay. They were waiting for the resurgence of the zip disk, which is about 30 years old now. You're That's welcome. What it, is. <laughs> it was already in the pipeline. Sorry. Yeah, it was on our roadmap. We just had to get it off. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I like that. So in someone chat, needs to check the box. Check, it's done. In chat, uh, Beto says that he bought Windows dash x eighty six dash sixty four dot zip. Oh, that's brilliant! <laughs> nice. Uh, One of the interesting things about that, I think, and probably why there's a lot of like people are up in arms, right? Is because in the Windows File Explorer, you type in the dot zip file name that doesn't exist, and you just go to the web browser for some reason because not right because that's how that works <laughs> and uh there was a researcher mr docs on twitter i don't know if you guys saw that uh he shared a winrar web page that he built it simulated like the winrar uh, archiving tool and you can like scan the file and like open and like he created some you know very sophisticated looking phishing landing page out of that using the zip domain so there's that potential too which is Oh, wow. scary and also pretty creative can you drop that, that in the twitch chat oh wait are you, you're not on the twitch chat are you we'll find it and all right it. good deal <laughs> but how old do you have to be to recognize winrar yeah <laughs> i just uninstalled True. it from my my uh windows box it's like i don't need this anymore What's going or on? like winamp right like there's there's some kid out there right now 19 years old Ooh, what's winamp Oh, hey, what's around. the deal with the llama? <laughs> that poor it llama's was... been being abused for thirty years. <laughs> they're, they're they're releasing it again. I don't know if you saw that. I'm on the wait list. Yeah, beta again. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, it recently had its birthday, and uh, and they have a new thing. I don't want like keep give me the old skins. I don't want any new skins. Do not waste time on new skins for me. They hold no interest to in me. Give me that old school yellow and gray like boombox ish thing. That is second in my heart only to the uh, Windows Media Player visual, uh, visualizations that I used to use. Oh yeah, oh yeah, those are great, and yeah. and they're not there anymore, which is disappointing. They're, I haven't used. Well, obviously, I don't use like a media player for anything, but like is, I I did I did earlier today. Did you really? <laughs> what the hell for? I was, I was playing an MP3 because I'm old school like that. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. So anyway, that's the thing that happened. Citizen Lab John Scott Ranson urged his nearly 200,000 followers. Uh, Twitter, Twitter followers to simply block it all, saying the chance that new .zip and .move domains mostly get used for malware attacks is 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, Jared, uh, block those, please. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Jared Hate, if you are listening within reach of our voice, uh, block them, please. Maybe I'll call uh, call our other people and have them block it, too. Uh, so anyway, that's just the one thing that I wanted to rant about. There was nothing else of, of note unless somebody else has something that happened. Uh, but yeah, dot .zip domains. Although it does kind of fall in line with what I used to do when I was... Uh, uh, when I would uh, do, um, uh, uh, we used to call them um, health checks or whatever. We would go in and go into a company and do like a, like a like a threat hunting type thing. And I would used to generate traffic, um, and I would like make the headers say like totally not malware dot or dot com or whatever, and just see who picked it up, right? And a shocking amount never actually picked it up. But this is not funny. This That's something I could do on my own for lols, right? Like, it didn't go anywhere, and the sock would get a little laugh out of it when they saw it. Now the general public is like, hey, yeah, let's go. Let's, this is a great idea. Anyway, I'm done ranting for the day. Oh, you're yeah. supposed to set the evil bit to yes. Kathy, <laughs> I, I don't think you're done for the day. <laughs> you're not done for the day. <laughs> done for the day at all. Happy birthday, you're Kathy. Thank you. I'm, I'm just going to like periodically inject the happy birthday. Now we All can right. go on to our regular scheduled, <laughs> our regular scheduled program. Rant, rant over. And now we move on to talking about everybody's favorite topic, ADCS. Yay. So we're perfectly on time too. I was just telling someone was asking about like what the happy hour is about. And I was like, well, we talked about nothing for the first 20 minutes. And then we have some sort of content. Something. Wow, we're really good today. Look at that. Yeah, we're doing all well. Right. Sorry, Jake, I, I cut you off. ADCS. Go. No, it's all right. I, so as, as mentioned earlier, we do, I, I maintain a project called Locksmith. Uh, came out of the research that I, uh, you know, lovingly stole from uh, everyone else on the internet, as all of this does, uh, to start integrating Active Directory Certificate Services checks into Trimark tools. And as part of that, I was like, oh, this would actually be a great tool for, you know, operations folks to just run in their own environment and find their weird stuff in their environment. And so released it last year around time of a Deadwood, why was Hack Invest Deadwood? And a couple months later, um, I was having my own happy hour on a Friday night and talking about Locksmith and uh, this guy named Tech Spence uh said you know what i love what you're doing with uh with with locksmith i'd love to help out and i said love it i will i will dm you tomorrow and then a few days went by and then i remembered that i had said that to someone and <laughs> had to had to track it down and uh yeah and then jake's like what's a pr <laughs> <laughs> thankfully jared hate has really uh we follow a lot of the jared school of uh development when it comes to locksmith but um so yeah, I reached out to, to Spencer, found out what his deal was, you know, doing pen testing, but mostly, you know, mostly assume breach stuff, right? Is that safe to say? Yeah, that's mostly what I'm focused on now. Okay. So, you know, is used to, you know, directory, but also came from a sysadmin background. And I was like, yeah, if you want to, you know, submit some code, let's let's do this. And so we started having weekly meetings. And then uh, earlier this year, was it, I believe, Sam? I saw this this guy Sam I'd been seeing around uh, Twitter, and uh, you know I was always like, man, that guy's got a good smile. You know, <laughs> fills the room. Okay. Um, but he posted something about, um, you know, running Locksmith in his environment and finding a ton of stuff, and this is really cool. And you know, you should do this. It's free. 
cool. And so I reached out and I said, listen, I would love to have somebody coming from an operation standpoint, you know, the coding that we're doing is not super in depth, but if you want to learn and get into deeper PowerShell scripting, like all we're doing here and he, he agreed. And so then now we've, we've got a team of three that are like the regular contributors here for, for locksmith. So uh, I just kind of wanted to talk about having three different viewpoints on how both attacking and securing and just operating active directory certificate services goes. So, um, Hey, thanks, Danny, for, oh, no, thanks, Brandon, for throwing, uh, for doing Danny's work for him. Listen, I am, I am doing other things <laughs> behind the scenes. No, don't look behind the curtain. Keep talking. But, uh, by the way, He's, Sam, where, where, where do you, where, where do you call home? Where's, where's, where's work for you? Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. Currently. Currently. Uh, I was, yeah. uh, so I've been here in the Portland area for my whole life, but preparing to move to North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte. So everything except for that shelf is in boxes now and uh, got a few more days left. Yeah, oh, them. Good luck with that, man. That's Thanks. Got to keep a shelf in the background for the, for the Zoom background points. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Spencer is in the middle of nowhere. I'm in New York. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? New York. Oh, I'm like 90 minutes. Are you like New York proper or like New York City ish? Uh, like right smack dab central New York state. So uh, okay. I'm like an hour east of uh, Syracuse area. Nice. Good for you. I like it. We go, so, to, we go to Lake George all the time during the summer. I love the I love oh, yeah. upstate. Yep. That's yeah, beautiful there. Except when it's 34 and it's almost June. So. No, thank you. <laughs> That's not fun. But. I don't know why I chose to derail that with ask where everybody was from. <laughs> that was me trying anyways, to like open source <laughs> surreptitiously trying to figure out how everybody works. Uh, anyway, continue as you are. Well, what I do, what I do here is I have little nameplates, right? And I've, I have a gimmick in case anybody has picked up on it. I abbreviate where people work and then I do their name slash their Twitter handle, like a command prompt. I think it's cute. It tickles me to death, but I don't know where either of these guys work. So I couldn't really like, uh, uh, abbreviate. I found out where Spencer worked. Now it was me surreptitiously trying to find out uh, the other <laughs> where uh, where Sam works, and then it didn't work. All right, everybody, back as you were. I'll just be over here. That's okay. I'll, I'll I'll transition us back again. Thank you. So one thing that's interesting with Active Directory Certificate Services and what we've seen at Trimark doing assessments of of Active Directory for us is about roughly half of the environments we've seen have ADCS in them, which means that there are a lot of extremely vulnerable. Uh, AD environments um, because seen, of this. Since we started testing, I've seen one without it. One without ADCS. Some of it is uh, active and some of it is not, but yeah, a one yeah. completely without it. I, I think the numbers are probably closer to 80 to 90%, but yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's at least half. But yeah, so uh, Spencer is regularly digging into finding stuff and, you know, yeah. Something that's kind of interesting to me uh, and why I really like the Locksmith Project is um, you know, there's a lot of tools out there that can help you exploit ADCS misconfigs and stuff like that, but none of them had a remediation you know, script uh, tied to them or none of them had like a remediation option for them. It was just, hey, we have found this issue. You got to go figure out how to fix it. So that immediately drew me to, drew me to Locksmith. I was like, oh, that's cool. You find the issue, you provide a remediation one-liner in PowerShell, and you can like quickly remediate stuff, which is neat because 
something that I see a lot on Pintest is the client will say, well, I don't know. I don't even know how to, you know, administer ADCS. I just kind of set it up and it's just kind of there doing its thing. I'm not really an expert at it or anything. I don't know kind of the best course of action. So it's been helpful for them to take it and run this one liner and it quickly uh, remediates whatever the issue is. And then they can kind of dig into it more if they need to. But um, that's kind of what immediately drew me to the project. Um, coming from a pen tester background. Well, I think oh. the the InfoSec environment is replete with tools that find stuff, but not mm. much uh, information or, or guidance as far as what to do next. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I've certainly seen and others others have seen as well is it's great to know what the problems are, but that's not even half the half the story, yep. right? That, that's like 20, 30 percent of it. Um, you can have a whole lot of issues, but without knowing what to do next, that's not really that, that valuable. Yeah, that's a big question we get when we do a pen test is we have this finding, you're like, okay, the next question is, how can I find this and how can I remediate it? And what can I use to remediate it and things like that? So those are like the top two questions when you're going through a debrief with a client and this makes it really nice. So you can speak to those things in order and it's you know really convenient for somebody who's not super well-versed in it, but can kind of get things done quickly. Do you have um, in your pen testing life? I know of a couple companies that we've had, you know, guests on. Like, this is how you can check uh, and and run the commands that we ran, the exact commands. Do you provide that sort of detail when you're? Yeah. Report? So anything, yeah. When I'm when I'm reporting, uh, anything that can be done like that, it can provide a script or a one liner or just a few pieces of code or something like that in a in a finding for remediation. We will especially on internals, you know, something that I see commonly is, you know, plain text files and our plain text credentials and file share. Right. And I usually have a long list of files. So I'll provide like a script that'll search those files for whatever that, that contents was and provide that to the client. So that's really helpful too. But yeah, I think having a quick script just to find those things uh, is really helpful in, in that situation. Do I think you... it's interesting. I usually think about tools, especially from like a pen test point of view. Everyone seems to be super jazzed about the tools that will find the exploits and then exploit them. So Locksmith does not do the exploiting portion. So I think that's something that it's interesting to hear from your perspective that you're actually more interested in the mediation than you are the actual attack. Yeah, and you know, obviously, I use Certify and and Ghostpack and stuff like that for the actual exploitation of stuff. And um, but yeah, I think it's super helpful to include stuff like that in a report um, because the clients they want they want to be able to retest themselves sometimes, right? And they don't necessarily need to like go through the whole you know exploitation process. But if they can check to see if the ACLs and the certificate template are misconfigured. Well, that's a win for them. They don't need to exploit it, right? It's misconfigured. So um, that is has been super helpful for us. Awesome. And Sam Sam works in a environment with some number of forests. I I I'm not going to divulge <laughs> anything, but it's larger than one. Yeah, yeah. That's no, a fun history. At one point. We're up to about six with an acquisition, and we've been gradually working down from there. And uh, it was complicated by you know the DIFA auditing 
practice and needing to split out a resource for us at one point because uh, the team then wasn't ready to have the entire business in scope for that kind of audit. But after a few years, everyone realized it's worth the effort to actually consolidate as opposed to having all the overhead of multiple forests and who knows what we're using to administer things these days. So yeah, it's, it's been, uh, you know, learning a lot just through working with a DOD contract. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend it, but I'm grateful for it. Sean is shaking his head because he's spent plenty of time in the government. Uh, oh, all over the place. Yeah. You, you mean working in the government's not fun and fulfilling? <laughs> no comment. For a while. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, the thing that I have enjoyed uh, working with these two, like I said before, is, is just the different viewpoints and being like, it would make it a lot easier for me as an operations person to do this one thing. You know, and Sam, Sam brings those in. Oh, it'd make it easier. I'm starting to get uh, feature requests from Brandon at Red Siege now. And then... Uh, just so, those. Uh, those are, you know, those are garbage. You don't need those. No, he makes good points. And usually it's like he makes a feature request and then I tell I, I screenshot our, our task board. We've already that going on. We've, we're, we're already thinking about that, so... Um, but yeah, it's it's just interesting to know that there are people that using this on pen test engagements, using it on IR engagements, using it. Uh, I mean, we're we're basically using the same tool just integrated into the Trimark tooling as part of Trimark assessment staff. Just it how it's been working. And it's <laughs> it's fun kind of learning uh, how to you know one of the things you want to talk about, Jake, is kind of developing an open source tool and like stumbling through it. Um, yes. <laughs> you, I, I've been working on GitHub and like doing minor stuff, right? Nothing like crazy. You start working on projects with multiple branches and PRs and shoes and you're like, what is it? And you have to like Google the commands and everything and you're like fumbling through it. So that's part of the fun too for me is like learning that whole process and like how to do things correctly or like in some standardized way <laughs> is fun i will say it's been uh really interesting because i think when spencer when you and i first talked it was like i don't know we'll just write some code and when the code yeah. looks good we we commit the code and that's the process and so, now you know stood up a, a mattermost server a couple of weeks ago with like a full task board and now mattermost it's official yo mattermost okay yeah Hey, this is what <laughs> saved us from committing straight to prod on a Friday. So, don't, don't so as as somebody who's been in security for over ten years now, and I say that just to reference of like how badly I understand coding. <laughs> like I can now read Python and understand what it's doing, but ask me to write it, and I can't do a calculator. Um, I'm sure if that was my regular thing and did it's like any language, right? You got to practice every day, or you use it, you lose it. What's that si, first? Senor. What's that? Si, senor. Yeah. 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 Uh, bien. Um, <laughs> uh, what is that? What's that first day? Like when, you, like when you sit down, like what, what's the process of, I know I have this thing, like, where do you even begin to start writing something like this? I'll let Spencer stands up proof of concepts, proofs of concept, all this. So 
Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, usually I have an idea in my head of something that I want to do. Um, a lot of times my coding is just out of necessity for certain things. So like I'm a, uh, one example is I'm on a pen test and I find that there's um, an open share or something that I want to crawl and I can just quickly prototype a script to crawl a directory recursively and look for a specific thing or look for a specific uh, a file with a specific date timestamp or within a specific range and just being able to quickly you know, mock that up live on like in the middle of an engagement is super helpful. So usually it's stuff like that. Um, if it's a bigger project for me, um, I usually just start with kind of a high level outline of, of what I want, like a, like a list of features I want um, or a list of capabilities that I wanted to do and just start poking away at, at creating stuff that way. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a good way to do things, but that's just the way my mind works. Like I, I, I make a template or an overview, right? Like a table of contents, if you will. And I just start going through and, and working stuff that way. But a lot of my coding is opportunistic in the sense that I'm on an engagement and I need to do something quick or I need to adapt something, uh, a tool or something. And I just like mess with it and around with it. Mine is uh more similar. Like I definitely write a, a series of features but i actually go into start writing pseudocode like okay this is the thing that i'm checking for if this thing comes back this is what's going to happen and, and kind of write a narrative almost um and then kind of leave the narrative in as comments to then yep. start it's interesting because i almost never write pseudocode i just i just start coding the thing <laughs> so there's pros and cons of that i probably have a lot of a lot more bugs than, than you would write jake Oh, nope, nope, nope. You you only get to see things after the, you know, I've had them uh, marinating for a month and a half. And then I'm like, I think this one line looks good. Press yep. go. <laughs> so How I have like hundreds of GitHub repositories of full of code that I've written over the years that it just never will see the light of day. I'm like, no, nope, not <laughs> showing that to the world. How, how, how true is the meme of just perpetually being on Stack Overflow? Do you still find yourself there or are you at the point now where like you have your own stuff to reference i usually just start with google if there's something i'm looking for uh, especially with powershell you can usually just find it with a quick google search um so that's usually i mean usually end up on stack overflow sometimes but um yeah i usually google just look at, i just steal from devs code and then <laughs> you know work on work on that uh and it's usually good enough but no uh, searching yeah. Google and GitHub are, are two really good places to look for code snippets. I still yeah, there's Sean so much that's already been done. It's uh, usually pretty easy to find a snippet for one of those little blocks of pseudocode, or you know, if you're just ad-libbing it for what you need to do. So I'd say the same. You know, once in a while I play with Bing Chat, but I'll I'll still hit uh, Stack or Serverfault when I'm trying to figure out. A new concept like lately it's been all right i i do powershell all the time but i haven't done a whole lot of net types in powershell to accelerate those are really cool especially if you're trying to avoid using a dependency in a module so i'm i'm everywhere right now trying to learn how to do that because i'm not a developer sam sam is uh revealing what we talked about earlier in our smith weekly meeting <laughs> yes we are maybe you're eliminating the uh dependency <clears throat> on powershell modules the ad that's one of our, our big moves for Locksmith is you can run without any any dependencies. So maybe cross platform? 
Maybe. Maybe. It's, it's raising good conversations <laughs> about, you know, who the primary audience is, because like a lot of the tools out there, we've talked about, we could spin this in so many directions. And um, there's already a lot of tools for the InfoSec community <clears throat> that's targeted on offensive sec. And it seems like a lot of people there are familiar with Python or maybe even Node. But <clears throat> if we're looking at people on the ops side of the house like me, systems or infrastructure engineers, we know PowerShell. And um, it changes a lot if we try to like tweak this and totally abstract from being in a Windows-based environment and using PowerShell or, or using modules. So it's good to kind of keep that point in mind. And I think we can so serve both or all three, you know, depending on your account all the communities at the same time and uh still have fun doing it yeah well and at least microsoft hasn't deprecated the active directory powershell modules yet like they've don't done with azure ad don't you <laughs> the secret is real that's gonna happen you know that <laughs> we re do you really think so no no <laughs> no you know i was thinking they'd get rid of adcs at some point um but you know kind of like sccm is kind of maybe Way I don't know, but like because Intune and like cloud and stuff, like maybe and they're trying right, but right now, Exchange? the thing is ADFS. Ah, right, they, they tried with SCCM for the last 10 years. They keep saying, Well, this is the last version, and then they just rename it. <laughs> That's yeah. what I mean. That's a brilliant idea. Nice, you know, they're kind of getting away with it with Exchange, right? So I feel like there might be opportunities for them to, to kind of follow suit with that but who knows i like that it's like it's so vulnerable that not supported anymore <laughs> <laughs> and yet we still have public folders so there's hope for anything when we i did a transition from uh exchange 2010 to exchange 2016 uh what was one of the last big projects that i did my last job um you know three years after it was released but um took that opportunity to axe public folders completely able to get it was like that's a good feeling that's a good feeling when you can just rip stuff out and still yeah. keep 95 percent of the people so so I, I was having a conversation uh just yesterday with um one of our future guests who does pen tests for uh small environments and I told him about locksmith and I showed it to him and he's like, nah, like the people I pen test don't, he's like, I don't even look at ADCS cause they don't, they're not using it. You know, they don't, they don't need it. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, are you, because <laughs> yeah. like, they may, they may have it. And yeah, I mean, from my experience, um, we don't pen test like huge fortune 500 companies. Uh, our biggest space is, ver is law firms. We do a lot of law firms. So we do other things as well. But a lot of the environments I'm in are single domain, single forest, um, you know, not crazy huge environments. And I still see it 70% of the time. I see that ADCS is, is there. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think there's some uh, discrepancy, but I think there's some uh, differences in between the clients, the industries of verticals, perhaps, and kind of who's using ADCS and, and who's not, but um, it oh, can vary too. 
Yeah, but when I when I rebuilt the one at my last gig, uh, it was I had to pull out two fully built built PKIs before starting the process of building a new one because you know my boss needed a certificate for exchange so it wouldn't complain to end users. Uh, you know, I'll look what complain about self signed certificate. So he stood one up, and like, and then of course that's all it was. Stood up. All the automated mm. stuff that needed to happen happened and moved on. And I am I that's what I'm see, thinking that uh is it person that's gonna be on next week, Brandon? Um yeah, no, the okay. I don't remember. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say have have them try regardless. Yeah. You know? I think so too, because you're right. I think it's so easy to set up. And that people just do it without even thinking about it because it's a feature. It's like, okay, I'm going to stand up and it's like standing up an IIS server. It's like, hey, I need a web server. I'm mostly a Windows shop. What am I going to do? I'm just going to install a feature. Mm -hmm. right? Next, 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 next. Next, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, that's where I come in. Got to be secure um, if all the defaults are set, right? Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. That's why I love this tool and I found it because coming from you know my team and, and even having a security team in house. We had no PKI experts, no one experienced with ADCS at all. And so we do what you do. You, you Google, you look for a walkthrough, and we follow it. And there's really not a lot of great sources for how to set up ADCS properly. Most are just screenshots of the wizard with the default settings. So you never, like, you know, <laughs> there's a, like, insanely deep well here of knowledge and settings that I should probably understand before I do this, but I have a deadline. And so I'm going to just hope that the defaults are good. And then it's in and you move on to the next project and, and it's there for 10 years. So you find a tool that actually can scan things for you and tell you, hmm, you might want to change this. And especially <laughs> in small organizations when there's no expert in house, you know, for us, it floated between the systems team and the security team a couple of times, depending on who, you know, who's interested, who has a project, um, who somehow got the right rights to get into it and change things. And so it really had no owner for a long time. Um, so it's <laughs> this kind of tool is needed so badly for teams that maybe don't realize they need it. And uh, having it in PowerShell in the language of the, you know, the AD and Windows administrator is key in making it accessible on that front. Are you are you officially the owner of of ADCS now in, in your org? I have been at times, <laughs> but not right now. It's a recovering. He's owner. not going to admit that publicly because somebody <laughs> will hold him to it. I plead the fifth. If it works in the lab, it should work in prod. I don't know what the problem is. Right? Yeah, it worked yeah. on my machine. Yeah, but Sam makes an excellent point. Like. If if you have to if you have to have a certificate system, so you have to have PKI, are you going to use the thing that Microsoft has that's free that kind of is included, or are you going to go to your boss and say, hey, we need to get a quote from Entrust or another PKI vendor, where you're going right. to end up spending a lot of money, and then they're going to be, get mad and be like, yeah, don't do that, like that, we don't have money for that, because you go have Entrust and they'll be like, all right, you also need this hardware security module and ASUS HSM and you need redundancy, and you need this, and we need to bring in the vendors, consultants, and before you know it, you're looking at you know, six to seven figures to just get this thing deployed. Or you could click next, 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 done, 
and then you have the thing. And I think that's why we see so many of these. Yeah, the uh, it, it blows my mind that the next, next, next finish install is not... It says plainly in Microsoft documentation, like the top line, this single tier PKI is not designed for production environments. But they don't show you that when you are walking through the process. They and that's the default. Like the click, yeah. click, click, you end up with a single tier. And, and I understand why it's that way. So I, I followed a blog article from PeteNet Live when I did my last uh, last deployment of a PKI. And, you know, it was two weeks of reading and reading and rereading and then consulting Microsoft documentation and then going again and then, you know, pulling some stuff from Forces Ops and then, you know, pulling in all these different blogs and finally, you know, kind of running through the whole process once, realizing I, I fucked something up at step eight out of 80 and then going back through the whole process again before it was, it was done properly. And granted, the last run through took two and a half hours, three hours, but all that so I'm to it is just painful. <laughs> I'm curious from you, Sean, like, why do you, why do you think it is that way? Like, why do you think they, it was designed in that way to be kind of like mass consumption and just like easy for everybody to set up and just easy to use. And, but it lacks kind of the granularity needed to be secured, uh, you know, out of the box. Yeah. I, I think it, I think what we're seeing a lot of the times now are design decisions that were made in the late 90s, early 2000s. So Active Directory came out, I think, uh, Windows 2000 Server, as it was called. I believe that came out in February of 2000. So that meant it was developed in 98, 99. So nothing was internet connecting then. Um, sure, single tier PKI is not secure. But at the same time, if you have a network that is closed and no one can actually get to it, and you have other things that are that are in place there, then what's the bar? You know, really, what is the risk with that? Uh, someone would get on that physical server and steal it. That's that's I think pretty much what the concern was. But a lot of the times, these these environments, uh, once you internet connected them, a lot of these practical or or even theoretical attacks became reality. I mean, we've seen that with Kerber hosting. Uh, I actually thanked, I, I met Tim Medina at, at Nolicon. Uh, I was there, ran into Jared there, and uh, I believe it was 2018, 2019, and went up and said, hey, Tim, thanks for Kerberost, and I say that as a blue teamer. And he's like, what? <laughs> no one ever says that to me. I said, no, because now I can prove to admins that these service accounts need to have better passwords because they never change them. <laughs> they don't ever want to change them, so they don't. And Kerberosting isn't the only way to, to attack a password. So... I, at least now we can show that there's an issue. Um, same thing with Locksmith and other tools and, and information that uh, SpectreOps folks and others have published over the years about issues with ADCS. These are the things that are the reality. And I think that when it comes to the configurations, I mean, Jake has seen that there's a couple of vendors that are like, you have to configure your ADCS templates this way. And so people do, and then they always get flagged for vulnerabilities when we do an assessment. Uh, I believe one of them's VMware, and our, I think the other one's an MDM. So it's it's not good. Uh, I think it's AirWatch. Um, so those are the two that we've seen the most that are just like, 
this was configured because this is how the product works. And I think that's a lot of what we see in InfoSec is this was configured because this is how the product works. The vendor said, do it this way, so we do it that way. Microsoft defaults have never been secure. They haven't been secure. They're not secure now. Um, Dave Wesson over at Microsoft is working hard to change that and make sure that def defaults are secured. But Azure AD, the defaults are not secure. Um, it's it's a it's a constant struggle. But I don't think Microsoft is the only ones here that are are uh, have the situation where their defaults aren't secure. There's plenty of products out there that have issues, uh, even even right out the box. Uh, but to answer your question, Sam, I, I think it's just a combination of history along with the let's make it easy, let's make it work, and certainly a uh, a tiered approach uh, to a certificate authority is the the correct approach where you have an offline enterprise CA and you have subordinate CA, which is the one that's actually giving out certificates. So that way you can revoke that cert for that subordinate CA and then create a new one from that offline root cert. But who does that? I mean, Jake, how many of the assessments we see that have ADCS that are single tier? What, like almost all of them? That That is one thing I will say, like, Enterprise wide, we have we don't see single tiers very much. Okay, well that's good. That is very yeah. actually. It's just the cert in, templates that are wildly vulnerable. Yes, the cert exactly. Templates are wildly vulnerable. Yep. I've been through that process that you just described, where we have the the tiered structure. There was a question about the integrity of one of the keys from our subordinate, so we burned it and uh, built a new subordinate, and it was momentarily painful, but it was great. That's why you have the offline route. Um, and yes, it's the templates that we see the, the dirtiest stuff. And a lot of times it is hmm, another MDM vendor, for one example, saying, configure it this way. Come to find out, what's this ESC5 thing I have to fix now? <laughs> so, uh, how many? I think a lot of people don't realize, at least I didn't, when I built, when I built it as from an operation standpoint of, as a sysadmin, I, I did not in a million years think that I'm introducing security vulnerabilities by creating a certificate template. Because right. why, why would that be a thing, right? How it's like, okay, you know what? somebody's going to put it on a website and pretend to be me. It's internal, whatever. <laughs> it's it's kind of like when you're in AWS and you're creating an IAM role, an any access management role. You're like, I'm creating this role. I think this is appropriate. This can't possibly lead to a vulnerable configuration in AWS. Again, it's the same sort of thing. Like you have the ability to make these changes and set these settings. Um, what does that mean? Uh, thankfully, when I worked in a very large Active Directory environment, the deployment I did in the early 2000s, uh, where we deployed about 1,000 DCs in a global environment uh, across 10 domains, uh, over, I think it was close to 300 sites, very large AD environment. We had a person and, and persons dedicated to the PKI side of things. And so from that point forward, after the many discussions I had with the PKI people that really knew, like Diffie-Hellman at its core level, they understand exactly how the certificate chain worked um, and the math behind it. I'm like, I am never touching PKI. So it's it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm doing ADCS ever. And I didn't. And I, every time after that, someone asked me about PKI and, and the ADCS stuff, I was like, no. And then when I was going through the Microsoft Certified Master Program at, at Microsoft, the person who was talking about PKI with us that went from the 100 to 400 level in about six hours, he uh, is the person that ran PKI at Microsoft. So 
yeah, I mean, I, I have been thankful in that I've been exposed to really good PKI folks, really smart folks that, that understand the technology at its core, how it's supposed to work, how it's supposed to be configured and configured securely. But that's not the way the world works. Like when you go for your driver's test, you know, Jeff Gordon is probably not your dad and probably not the one teaching you. So like, <laughs> there is... There's the law of averages out there where you have a situation where I need to get the job done. I need to get this configured. And yeah, I just need the, the thing to be able to give out the certs when, you know, something asks for it. So what am I going to do? I'm, I'm going to make it work just because click. I got 50 other things I got to do that are higher priority than this. That's why you click next and all defaults, Sean. You're a busy man. We're, <laughs> we are, we're coming up on, on our, on our end here. Uh, I like to do closing thoughts, and Jake has this bug that he wants to be positive, right? He wants to do, he wants to do wins for the week. Uh, so, at your leisure. However, I do want to say, what my okay? If, if we're gonna be positive, Jake, if we're gonna go with your thing, I'm just—it's not my default mode. I don't know. I'm viscerally like I'm—I have a visceral reaction when Jake wants to be positive about something. I'm like, what's your angle, bruh? Uh, my win for the week is it is Investor Chick's birthday. Um, and you have, speaking of all this offensive and defensive stuff, you got a book coming out, don't you? I do, July 25th. And, uh, and Sean was incredibly helpful with, uh, working on this. I feel he, like it's uh, been he gave so me long. Great insight. Yeah, it, it's been about a year in the making. So it, it has been coming for a while. It is quite impressive what, uh, investigator chick has pulled together and the folks that she has talked to in order to uh, pull together a, a comprehensive or as comprehensive as possible, a book about being an active defender. So yeah, it, it comes out this fall. Um, let's make sure we get a link in the chat and it's already in there, boss people know where they can get it. So yeah, it's, yep. it, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's Pre It looks really good. Pre-order it now. And you said it was uh, July End of July. Yeah. July 25th is, is the, is the date. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of funny. I was thinking a little bit. Um, so some final thoughts from me about, you know, this topic. I mean, in general, I think we sysadmins focus on the day-to-day -day operational stuff and not what the ramifications of any of the things that they do because they don't know what's possible, which is at the heart of what I'm writing about um, in, in the Active Defenders is understanding um, what offense capabilities are. And so you're not just blindly doing next, next, next without thinking about that. Um, and so it's kind of approaching all of this in that way. Uh, and I think that's really at the heart of, of why we see so much of that. You know, you're, Sean is absolutely right. Like defenders and operational folks are just trying to get these things done so they can move on to the next thing. But if they take, just stop and take a minute and go, oh, if I click this, that means it's possible to do this. Uh, maybe I shouldn't go through, maybe I should find something else that's a priority that's not as dangerous. <laughs> or if I, I manage know. this password through group policy preferences, what does that actually mean? Uh, right, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, there's just, there are a lot of those things that we just, we take for granted, I think, um, as operational people and, and defenders. Um, and once I kind of found the space where offensive security folks live, it was a real eye opener. Uh, and that was what, you know, part of the impetus for the book. Do you so. have any chapters in there dedicated to logging into domain controllers of the next box? Uh, no, oh. no, I, I can't say that I do. I'm sorry. That, that'll be the next edition. We'll, we'll make yeah. sure we get that. Second edition. With the uh, privilege access, 
Privileged access Xbox. Yes. Packs. Love it. Cutting edge. You got you to you yep. say, hey, we're going to push it back a month. I got to put a whole new chapter in here. <laughs> and for my next trick, I'm going to log into my exchange server on my PlayStation. There you now, go. I'll use an RDP client for the Xbox. So make that happen, Microsoft. <laughs> what, was the, what, was the, what was one of the uh, 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 most dumbest uh, or remote things? Um, uh, God, what was it? Not go about PC yeah PC anywhere maybe uh oh god no I forget what it was anyway I was a real quick I was a brand new admin I wasn't even in security yet I was a regular IT guy and I had posted oh VNC that's what it was and I posted you can if you google my name I don't recommend it uh but if you do one of the (laughs) earliest links uh is still me on oh thank you SK3W new follower for us one of the earliest links is still a post from me with my real name, like giving information, asking how to VNC to my network and to my DC, which was a, a Windows 2000 server. And like, I think I gave IP addresses and shit. Somebody asked me for the external IP. I was like, oh, it's here. And you could, it's the internet never forgets. So uh, that's still out there. Uh, but I that's why I try to do so many like conference talks and, 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 I'm only trying to bury my own Google search results. So I want to do so much stuff that that goes away. Uh, but anyway. Um, well, we, we have found VNC on domain controllers and Active Directory security assessments. Oh, uh, my God. Many, many, many other issues like old versions of VMware tools. So, yeah, we, we have seen a lot of crazy stuff. But more importantly, we, we help guide our customers to fix it. It's I'm the problem. It's me. Uh, all right. Well, since this is your brilliant idea, Jake, what's your what's your closing win? My my win for the week was uh, waking up Tuesday and looking at Mattermost and seeing Mattermost and GitHub and seeing six PRs from these two, and just being like, "What is going on? What does a little bit of organization do?" You're just like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of organization. All of a sudden, these guys are just flourishing. So. Love it. Thank you guys for, for helping out. I think at this point, I have written less lines of Locksmith than these two have. I mean, probably combined, but I think mm. I think it's true. I'm no longer the, the primary contributor. So yeah. well, that was the height of my productivity was Monday to Tuesday. So yeah, same here. <laughs> Great out the gate. Not much for stamina. That's, That's all right. You two can coast for the rest of the month now. There That's go. right. That's right. You're all good. Uh, what about you, Sean? What, what was your win for the week? My win for the week? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, actually getting on a plane and making it back to my home state after uh, there was a maintenance issue and I got delayed by another day. <laughs> that, that would be my win for the week. No, actually, I had a great time beside Springfield and uh, chatted with a bunch of folks there. And uh, we we hosted a meetup after the conference. And... Uh, the organizers were kind enough to call it the unofficial happy hour uh, during almost every break and appointing folks to, to go to that. So I think that's going to be the thing now is that the Trimark unofficial, uh, sorry, the unofficial after party is what it was called. So yeah, uh, that, that, that was a win. And that was even really before my work week got started. So, Oh, so they, did, so that was like, they just, they didn't already have that plan. It wasn't just a coincidence that we like, we did our thing and then they're like, Oh yeah, let's go make that a thing. Yeah, yeah, they saw it on Twitter, and then they said, <laughs> during the break, without even talking to me, they were like, yeah, and Drymark's doing the unofficial after party, and it's over at the Dublin Pass Pub, and yeah, it's just show up there, talk to Sean, and, you know, like, it was awesome. And the beer is flowing. 
And, and it's amazing because I pulled that just straight out of nowhere. Like Sean asked us to do that. And I, I, I Googled, what's the weather in Springfield? Where is there a patio? And Sean likes Irish pups. And that's how that happened. Oh, it was great. Yeah, we had a bunch of people hanging out and chatting. And the thing I loved about it is, it, it first of all, B-Side Springfield is a really cool conference because it's it's really focused on networking, single track, et cetera. But um, it was cool to have the meetup and have folks that were students and people that had been working for a while and um, a person that taught and, and was actually spinning up a, uh, uh, a cybersecurity minor at, at the university that they're working at. So it was a lot of really cool conversation by practitioners, long-term folks, uh, newer folks, just talking about like infosec topics as well as non-infosec topics. So it was really cool. Awesome, Brandon. What's your uh, what's your week thing? Right. Everything seems lame now. Yeah. Right. Good luck Sean following that. Sean I had here. cereal for lunch, so go ahead, Brandon. You can beat that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are celebrating the end of the the kids' uh, years of um, uh, school year. So today was their last day of school. So got to pick them up. Um, son last weekend, they had a little graduation party for him for graduating preschool. So that was cool. Um, and then now I'm finally getting myself around to pre-ordering Kathy's book. So I have it in my Amazon cart and I'm about ready to click, uh, click purchase. So celebrating end of school is, uh, is a strong word. Cause that just means I'm paying for a bunch of summer activities now, <laughs> Yes, but he is old yes. enough now where he can like do his stuff but we also like so now he's only going to be out half the time and he gets a few weeks just at home but still like it's highway robbery <laughs> like just to be able to go to some other place and hang out uh and it's not as comfortable as his own house but that's fine everything's fine and babysitters like like i'm we're hiring somebody to watch the kid so i don't have to have kids upstairs while i'm trying to work downstairs so you know there is something to be said for lowering the child age for labor like they should be paying their own way I think so. So technically, I don't believe there is one if you have your own business or farm. So yeah. you could just put them to work for that. I, I'm going to learn how to raise chickens. Thanks to uh, thanks to our Lauren. And then maybe, uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll get him a W-2 and uh, off to the races. Uh, let's go to Spencer. Wait, did you go? Or you? Oh. <laughs> I was just already laughing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I my my win for the week is I replaced my kids. One of my kids bike chains. Nice. Uh, it took me like th three hours. It's such um, a pain. And but I did it. And then three hours later, he came back and said it fell off again. So <laughs> for something that looks like it should be so straightforward, like even on my mountain bike, right? Like I like change gears and like hold a handle with a thing and like do an incantation. Like it's the most. It is. It is. It should not be. Like I'm smart. I know I'm smart. I know I'm smart. But no, I'm not. Uh, same with me like when it comes to power tools or just tools in general i'm very in like defunct like i just can't do it yeah. um like computers i can take apart with my eyes closed you know all you know the high-tech stuff but when it comes to like tools it's just i can't do it wow. well good for you my I'm wife good. learned years ago that i work very well in a virtual environment and not so well in a physical environment <laughs> I, I, I put up shelves in an apartment and um they, they were they were pretty straight like nothing was falling off this side or that side because they were even this way but when you put something on it it would fall towards you so i'm not even <laughs> sure how i i can figure that malarkey like that that was me as a person taking time to do something and and you know screwing things into studs in the wall and i could not get it to keep things on the shelf and fall towards me which is is a unique 
uh, abilities. That's, yeah, that's a big time feel. Like that just is me to to a T with tools. It's the same. <laughs> right well, there. congratulations. Uh, that's that's a special kind of hell. Uh, Sam, <laughs> you're our last one. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think of something interesting. I, I'll go back to. I don't know if it was Monday night, Tuesday morning. It's a blur because I didn't sleep, but I did learn something that I've been wondering about for a while. And uh, it's it's the trivial thing for people who are in the development world and used to GitHub, but new for me. I figured out how to create different PRs for different batches of commits, so I can separate different changes into their own PRs for simply reviewing and, and whatnot. So it felt like a, a great way to keep the project organized and keep moving without having to wait for one to get merged before doing the next one. Nice. All right. Well, pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that concludes. We only went over by six minutes. That's pretty good. Uh, it's, it's hard to get rid of a, a stop a good conversation. Uh, but uh, anybody who uh, missed this or you want to give this uh, or recommend our show to somebody else, we are on our YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at Trimark Security. And also on Spotify. Just give us a search on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. As always, Trimark Security. Oh, dot com. I have not drank enough water today. I'm dehydrated. TremorScurry.com. Uh, we do assessments. We do. Uh, we are like literally the experts, like not for nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. We're the experts. Active Directory, Azure AD and VMware vSphere. We got a newsletter you can sign up for on there. Uh, oh, challenge. I don't talk about this enough just because it's not a con doesn't mean they're not live. Challenge.trimarksecurity.com. You can go through our Schmoo crypto challenge. You can go uh, through our B-Sides Charm challenge. We keep all of our past ones up there. So check that out. Challenge.trimarksecurity.com. And we will be back next week. Jake, do we know who our guest is? Do we have a guest next week? Great. Brandon knows. Yeah, it's, 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 my, it's my man. Um, uh, Vince is coming on uh, the small business pen tester met him at b-sides kc actually b-sides kc last year he and i both spoke uh he's done a lot of speaking engagements he's running a uh, village he'll actually he, i found out he'll be at gurkhan so i told him to touch base with my trimark friends who will be there as well as a sponsor we are a sponsor of gurkhan this year and i'm speaking Oh, Investigator Chick is speaking. We're all going to be there. Woo-woo. Uh, we also were a sponsor of Blue Team Con and Wild West Hacking Fest. We're, 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 we're doing a lot of stuff. So, yeah, come enjoy us. Oh, we also got uh, coming up Sub T will be on, Casey John Ellis, uh, Philip Wiley. We're going to discuss uh, our plan to wrestle the bears from Black Hills. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to tag team. Uh, and don't think I'm joking either, because I'm going to try to figure out a way to make this happen. Wherever those bears are and me and Phil exist in the same space, it's probably going to happen. Uh, so yeah, until then, thank you everybody for joining and time to go out. Happy weekend. <laughs>